Welcome to Public Health Plus, the show after the show. I'm MJ. And I'm Cass. Our opinion of the FDA and the U.S. food regulations aside, the FDA has a very difficult job. That is very true. And this is something that I came across while researching this episode, which is the U.S. and the EU. And the reason I'm picking the EU is because an easy comparison, not for any other reason. But the U.S. and EU has very different approach when it comes to food regulation. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird, such a weird approach. Yeah. Yeah. So EU is proactive in that you need to prove that these additives are safe before you can use them, whereas the U.S. is reactive, which means you need to prove that these additives are not safe before we do anything. And I guess the discussion I want to have right now is the FDA has a difficult job because if you're too strict, no one's happy. But if you're not strict enough, no one's happy. So how do you find the balance? I mean, it's it's hard, right? So I don't know. (laughs) You're never going to make anyone happy. But I think it comes down to, is it better to err on the side of caution for the consumer? That you think so. Or the side of benefit for the company? Which the US thinks so, yeah. Exactly, right? So the EU says, well, we want to keep our people safe. Like, that's the priority. So prove something safe versus the US, which is, you know, we're going to give the capitalist perspective benefit of the doubt (laughs) to the companies until something's unsafe, which is... Immediately when we started this episode, the very first thing that came to my mind is our criminal justice system, (laughs) which let me explain. Go ahead. Right. So in the U.S., Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the framing is you're innocent until proven guilty, right? Theoretically, right. And then in France, for example, you are guilty until proven innocent, which aligns very, very well with the EU and U.S. sort of FDA kinds of things, right? So in the EU, you need to prove these are safe before you can use them, right? You have to prove your innocence. And in the U.S., you have to prove that they're unsafe if you want to stop them being used. So like, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty, right? proven guilty kind of thing, which I think is just a- Two very different approach. Such a, I'm not saying, to be clear, I'm not saying that the U.S. should change a, into a guilty until proven innocent perspective, because for many, many people in the U.S., we already have that perspective. I just think it's interesting that it extends beyond like this sort of reactive approach, not doing something until something bad happens is a very peculiar U.S. approach to many things. Yeah, it is. It was inspired by the free market idea, which is that it do its thing and then we will step in only if we have to. Well, I just thought also, if you think back to the ERPO episode when Dr. Frateroli was on and she was talking about the Santa Barbara mass shooting Mm -hmm. and the role of law enforcement responding to or reacting to crimes that have been committed. Like that's that's the role that we have for law enforcement in the U.S. They very rarely take a preventive approach to things. And it just it it's now like permeating out everything. I can't stop thinking about all the parallels. Anyway, back to the FDA. (laughs) But it's I think when you pursue public health as a career, I think this is just from my personal observation, you have a certain mindset already, which is the health of the public should come first. And which is why when we talk about it, we are on the same wavelength. But I guess, yeah, I guess not everyone thinks this way. And I guess this might be a hot take. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, in a bonus episode, we're now getting at MJ's hot takes. Hot takes. And which is I think I would be more okay with the US's approach if the onus was placed on the the manufacturer, right? So right now, technically still, taxpayer is footing the bill for all these FDA stuff. Like if the FDA flipped the script and say, we're not going to spend money inspecting your product. You need to show us, hey, here are things that we have conducted 
and then we are just there to sort of be the regulatory yeah, agency. Yeah, I don't like that idea because it's in the company's interest to get approval. So if they're the ones... That's true. You need an independent right. third-party body. But what they should do, the companies should be paying yeah, yeah, yeah. the FDA, yes. right? Rather than the companies doing their own testing right. and then submitting reports to the FDA and rather than taxpayers paying for the FDA yeah. to do this, I think we should consider a model where companies are paying into a pot of money to cover the costs of testing various products. You just It's possible that that might be a thing. Maybe. But you just improved upon my idea. I guess my my issue with it was the fact that these are taxpayer money that we're spending to sort of do these things whereas industry needs and to we pay for so many things that people like, don't on. know about so like let's think about pharmaceutical companies for a moment sure 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 so the federal government funds a lot of sort of basic lab kinds of research that yeah. contributes to developments of new medications new vaccines yes. new federal different things grants, right right yeah and then the pharmaceutical companies develop medications that they can then charge tons of money for. And so they make money based on taxpayer-funded research. And then the government is testing all of the <laughs> products, right? Like, it's just like a peculiar cycle. And I think this, I heard this, I think, on Radio Lab or List American Life. But it's basically the FDA is treating these companies as clients. And it should not treat these companies as clients. It should treat these companies as things that they are going to regulate. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, at the FDA's approach is, okay, we're going to cooperate. We're going to treat you as a client. Like, you come to us and we're going to make sure that. And then people, myself included, I think, no, you should treat these people like things that you're regulating, not clients that you're trying to, you know. It's like, um, this is going to sound like a tangent, but I promise it's sort of the way I'm thinking about this. It's like when... Parents try to be their kids' best friends. Yes. And they don't perhaps put in good accountability. You know, they don't put in good structure. You're their parents, yeah. Right. And so then, not always, but kids might act out or get into trouble or whatever. And then the parents are like, oh, but like we're friends, you know, like you can talk to me about anything, blah, blah, blah. Versus, you know, parents who might say, well, my job is to raise you to be a functional and contributing adult. <laughs> right. And so we're going to put structures and rules in place. And, you know, it's like, and I'm not saying that there's a one one perfect approach for kids, right? right? Like every kid is different right. and that you may need a, a blend of different things. Yeah. But it's like the way the FDA interacts with some of these companies right now. It's like, hey, let's be BFFs, yeah, let's even though you, their right? job is to, you know, hold them accountable, right? So it's a, I don't know. I don't know if that analogy worked, but it did in my head. I think it does. And then when people hear this, they incorrectly assume that, oh, does that mean you're just going to be and authoritative no like no you could be nice to them you just right, you don't have to be a, you don't have to be you yeah just, you, you, you could be nice hold to them. Them you just hold them accountable for things but i think I, although my kids might think i'm a sometimes so. <laughs> well maybe we'll have one of them come on but probably not um but yeah i, I think this the fda no matter what it does people are just going to be unhappy about it and maybe we'll never get rid of the reactive way that the fda does things but i do think that some of the ideas that we just talked about, which is having the industry foot more of the bill and also making sure that the FDA is approaching things from a regulatory perspective rather than like clientele perspective. Those are actually steps that we can take. Yeah, and I think the focus needs to be on the fact that these are public goods. Yes. Right? There are dollars that are being invested. Tax dollars. Tax dollars that are being invested in the research and development 
and testing and all these pieces for these drugs, these vaccines, etc. And in order for something to stay a beneficial public good, we need to make sure that there are good accountability mechanisms in place so that things are safe and that we're being good stewards of those resources and public goods. And so we really need to have, in my opinion, more proactive and accountability-based approach than we perhaps have right now. Yeah, I agree. One thing I want to be clear on, you know, a lot of these things that we're talking about are in the before times, right? Before COVID, there's... Like the FDA's focus and response and the way things are happening right now with COVID, like these are unique, unprecedented times. We haven't had this level of pandemic since, you know, in a hundred years, since the 1918 flu, the Spanish flu. And so all of the things that we're talking about, while important, like COVID has really kind of changed the game for the time being. A lot of things are are being approved for emergency use that would go through different procedures if we weren't in the midst of a global pandemic that continues to evolve. By the way, can I just tell you, have you heard of the game Plague? Uh, is it a video game? It's a like a iPhone, iPad. Plague Inc.? Yeah. Yes, I've heard of Plague Inc. So that is that was one of my favorite games. Um, <laughs> and I'm a baller, right? Like I studied epidemiology. Like I have beat... You know how to infect I've the world. I've beaten... <laughs> All but one of the, like, I think the zombie-based game mode is the only one I haven't beat on Mega Brutal. Like, I just, I annihilate everyone. You know how to kill the entire world, right? right? And, you know, I know other people who play and they're like, how do you do this? You know, I'm like, well, you gotta, you know, I understand all of these things. (laughs) Know your enemy. I haven't been able to play since COVID hit just because it doesn't feel right. right. right? Like, because the goal of plague is to infect and kill all of humanity, right? But every time I hear about a new variant or, you know, that it's <laughs> Someone evolved in some way. I'm just like, damn it. Somebody clearly earned enough points to like evolve to transmission or point, yeah. exactly, or to evolve <laughs> immunity against, uh, oh against vaccines and stuff. So anyway, that was a, I've had this thought probably a dozen times in the last year or so since there was, you know, since COVID like really has been hitting us hard. I guess, oh my God, we were, when did we all get vaccinated? I don't, I can't even, I can't even remember. Whatever. I was like, oh. Maybe we're all just, we're running out of we're time. We're play game and we're just dots on the screen. Very meta. Very meta. A little existential. Thank you for listening to Public Health Plus, the show after the show. You can expect these more spicy, opinionated, and sometimes meandering episodes every Monday. If you like the show, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. It really does help us immensely and spread the word about the show. Join us every Thursday for our main episodes. And remember, everything is public health. Everything is public health.